What is up? What is up? What is good? Family. So this episode is with my friend Kevin Crenshaw, and it's all about feeling safe in your expansion. How do we feel safe in our body? How? What is the mindset? Yes, but what is more than just the mindset? How do we feel it in our hearts and our soul and deeply in our body? Because fear is a bodily response. So how do we feel safe while expanding? How do we feel certain and secure in the midst of uncertainty and the unknown? Very good topic, if I say so myself. So get ready for this episode with Kevin. And if you haven't heard already, we have a retreat coming up in October and we just changed the date. So we pushed it a week ahead. So the retreat is now October 14th through the 17th in Sundance, Utah. So if you've been craving some nature, 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 <laughs> some neat nature with incredible people and you crave an intimate setting and you want to transform and learn and heal outside of Instagram, outside of the online world and not and get out of just being by yourself. That's a big reason why people are coming is because they've done this journey for so long by themselves and they're looking for a community to relate to and to build those bonds and loving relationships. So if that's you, go to the link in the description or just go to feeling-free.com slash events and you can get on the wait list and then I'll get back to you. We have two spots left right now, one private room, one bunk room. So let me know if you are interested because it is almost filled and I know everyone who's supposed to be there will be there. So let me know as soon as you can if you feel that call within your bosom and so we can transform your life. All right, my friend, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. All right, Kevin, here we are. We are currently cozied up. We are cozied up. In my apartment in blankets, individual blankets, <laughs> just to be sure everyone's aware. <laughs> um, but we were talking right before we started recording about how our first conversation was um, almost two years ago. It would be mm-hmm. so in October, it would be two years ago. So October 2019 on the first podcast I had is our first conversation. So it's crazy. And then life brought us both to Austin, Texas. Yep. Our first conversation is when I just went on this road trip and you were living in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And so you messaged me and we're like, yo, you want to be on my podcast? I'll be in mm-hmm. town. And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I remember that day so vividly. It was, it was, a, it was amazing to like get to know you then. And then, mm-hmm. um, they were in the retreat together too. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, you came to the first retreat that I did, um, which, Man, that's crazy. Yeah, and like how much has happened since then. So, and interestingly enough, right, our Instagram handles, yours is the heart guy. Mm-hmm. Mine is the fear guy. For whatever reason, we are the heart and fear men, men. not just <laughs> adult men, <laughs> yep. have united. So with that said, I'm interested to hear about your relationship with fear, though, because mm. it is so tightly... Um, 
like spiraled with love, love and fear in my perspective. Mm-hmm. So what is your relationship with fear just to start? I think I lived a lot of my life in fear and it mm. controlled me and my current reality, uh, fear is, is I, I look at it with question. Is this something that's actually intelligent trying to keep me safe and I should be afraid? Mm-hmm. Or is this, you could say a limiting belief or some, uh, trauma response that is trying to keep me safe, but it isn't appropriate at all. Is it something mm-hmm. that's just in my mind or is it my body responding or reacting in a way uh, because there's a similar experience and it doesn't want to get hurt again and it thinks mm-hmm. it's, it's it's the same. You brought up love, uh, you know, like, yeah, like being vulnerable or being uh, or taking the risk mm-hmm. that is facing a lot of fears oh, of, yeah. you know, stuff from the past with people. So, um for me, I, I, I've just gotten really good at, oh, I see you. Okay, cool. Like fear doesn't run the show anymore for me mm-hmm. um, as much as it did before. And I think it's because I've went through so much in my life, like so much fear in my life that mm. did control my life for so long that I now um, have the opposite. But I, I also don't try to be fearless either because that's, I think, not possible because the definition of courage is to act in spite of fear. Mm-hmm. So I just strive for courage nowadays. I, mean, <laughs> I have it. I amplify it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, to a lot of people, I have an insane amount of like, you just keep taking risks. <laughs> like, how do you do it? And a few of my friends have, rec- have said that about me. I guess what, what ga- makes you a great entrepreneur? What makes you a great person? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I think my uh, stance on like, the temporariness of things and life is like, well, I don't really have anything to lose because nothing's ever mine. Mm-hmm. So the risk is, is not as charged energetically because it's not going to define me. Mm-hmm. And then if I get hurt again or when I get hurt again or when whatever, <laughs> okay, cool. That's a part of the human experience. Obviously be wise with what you're taking risks on or what you're having courage towards because you can't just keep, you know, Oh, let me just be courageous. But you're with doing it with a a business partnership or a relationship where they, you shouldn't right? like have Mm -hmm. discernment, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, um, on the, uh, yeah, I'm kind of going going on a tangent. (laughs) No, I love it. That's, that's what we're here for. So when you said your life was ran by fear, like, what does that mean? I was, a shy, like? I was a shy nerd kid that didn't talk to anybody in school. Mm-hmm. Like I was petrified to talk to strangers. Um, I was, I was just so in my victim, like just terrified of things. And I was very sheltered too as a kid. So it was just like, I was very innocent, but also just scared. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I didn't talk to girls until my, ex-fiance was my first girlfriend right Mm -hmm. like so and that was in high school so like uh i was very crippled with like like very socially awkward Mm. um kind of just lived in in escapism which was video games for me Mm -hmm. so um so and then how how did that affect you or what does that look like as an adult because right like you said like your friends and everyone's probably like kevin like you keep taking these risks, da, 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 and it's 
not that you have the fear and i agree with that point right it's not mm-hmm. it's not about living without fear mm-hmm. um it's still i i like to th- always ask the question like what would i do if fear didn't exist to because it's the kind of act from that place but yeah. i'm i'm curious yeah so as an adult how has that played or like what does fear look like as an adult translating from as a as a kid so before it was like i would just freeze and lock up and not speak or not do anything or i would run mm. and hide literally as a, mm. as a kid a real small kid um for me now i think it's my focus isn't on fear as much as it is the faith or you could say my heart or just Mm -hmm. having more of an activation of my true self um, and being real with yeah okay there's fear here and um, integrating all sides of me so I I I see and hear that that Kevin that's still inside of me that's fucking terrified (laughs) and I let him have a voice he's Uh. still a part of me I let him have a voice I honor him and I love him and it's changed because of that it's not like i'm shunning some side of me that oh that's the old me that's not me now because then you're not being all of yourself you're not fully integrated as a human so that for me is i mean i'm just kind of stumbling upon this now in our conversation Mm. i think is is key i i see kevy which is my inner child Mm. i see him i hear him and he has a say but he doesn't run the show and before i mean he was he was running the show um, so it's almost like if we're looking at archetypes, like my king is making the decisions, my, but I hears from everybody. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, and so what you said, you were just, when you were saying that out loud is, um, have you thought about that in that exact way before? No, <laughs> like I'm literally cool. just now like, Oh, well that's, that's how I, that's how I do it now. Um, sometimes it's dialogue in my head. Other and, and the more that I've dropped into um, some of the body centric work, I, it's all feelings. Oh, I'm I just stopped breathing. I just or oh, like my heart rate's rising. How can I feel safe right now? And building safety as you expand, building safety in the body as you uh, take start taking action on something that's scary. How can you build a sense of safety um, and then build resiliency on that so it's stronger? That's been the work that I've been doing for the past year and a half, really. Cool. That has been more profound. So for me, it's less of a dialogue in my head. If we're looking at it through the lens of dialogue or archetype or mindset, that's mm-hmm. that's what why I just stumbled upon that. But if we're looking at it from a body-centric lens, when fear is present, your body locks up. Or you mm-hmm. get super activated and super, you could say, motivational, <laughs> energetic. And some people in society today, it's rewarded. And I lived that way for so long when really I was just super scared and stressed. So do you mean like in what way, just a quick example of how is that rewarded? Somebody with a ton of energy and they're so motivational and they're like the light of the show and they're mm-hmm. so positive all the time. And well, are you that is that person allowing themselves to be mellow? Because mm-hmm. usually there's an under, at least from my experience, there's an underlying emotion that you're running from. I would say for me too. You know, and I I had that personality for most of my life because that's who I thought I needed to be to be lovable because it got rewarded by attention in the spaces that I was in and the things that I was doing with mm-hmm. personal development and with fitness and everything. That's why I developed a manic caffeine addiction because if I wasn't 
super jacked up and energized, I wasn't lovable subconsciously. Mm -hmm. So then I wouldn't allow myself to be scared. I would allow myself to be in space Mm. here, say more mellow. And, um, so it looked like I had a lot of courage. It looked like I had a lot of discipline, but my inner dialogue was self shame, self punishment, Mm. beating myself up really. And there was a lot of suffering behind closed doors. And what's cool, dude is actually just got chills as you said that. And it's not cause it's, chilly in here and then, <laughs> and then kevin laughed at me because i turned the thermostat one degree one de- <laughs> <laughs> but uh so when uh, shoot shoot well i distracted myself oh what did you just say <laughs> damn chills you, you got chills but right before that oh okay so when you were so i was thinking about the difference that I feel in you, not even just seeing you mm. from two years ago of like, f- I mean, of course me in a different space too, of like me able to like recognize that, but mm-hmm. just flashing both of us back and then f- just feeling you now and seeing, you now is for sure like your presence more mm. so of like a, like steady and not just because that's, rewarded or good right <laughs> to be like be a steady man right right but it's like that's truly like i can feel like that like safeness and more confidence and steadiness like more so in you now thank you for that reflection mm-hmm. i've you know like the the performer in me which is what i call that i used to think that I'd, if i'm on a podcast i gotta show up and perform mm-hmm. if i'm on a stage i gotta perform if i'm mm-hmm. on a camera i gotta perform so i gotta show up a certain way with all this energy and a, <laughs> that's exactly you know, yeah, you were, that's how i was if y'all, you just <laughs> even imitated yourself because I, <laughs> <laughs> I lived it for so long <laughs> but um now i'm in a completely different space with it you know like i just show up i just I'm enough as I am. I just get to show up. It's not something, you know, I don't know. I don't have to put on a show. I am the show. I'm, mm. I, my life is the event. My life is <laughs> the show. Right. And so I think we talked on your podcast before my near death, actually. So yeah, will you go into that? Yeah. <laughs> you just were casually. like, talk about, can you talk about that? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. That woke me up, man. I, w- I had a, I almost overdosed on San Pedro and which was, is, uh, which Uma? So for, yeah. Plant medicine. Um, it's drugs. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and how I, does that even happen? How so do you overdose it was, on that? Yeah. So that was my eighth sitting. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like something that was oh, new to me. Okay, okay. Um, uh, usually I would do it with shamans around, which is even time. more surprising. Eight sitting. Yeah. And this time I did it in a private sitting with a mentor of mine at the time who it, you normally it's like the this liquid in a drink it's cactus and um this time it was powdered and we didn't know that it expanded in liquid and that it was way more potent so i had enough for probably 30 people a for real and yeah and Jeez. it expanded in my stomach and i threw up like four giant salad bowls worth over the course of two hours oh. and my body like full on tremors and convulsing Absolutely. and stuff. Um, cause my body was just in so much shock. I was high for about two and a half days. 
I, I didn't sleep for two and a half days because I thought if I'd stop, my heart would stop beating. Oh my God. Because I reached this point, and I've talked about it with a lot of people who've had near-death experiences, where it's like you you feel like if you let go, you know you're going to die. Mm-hmm. This like soul let go type thing. Yeah. And I started to, and then something snapped in me, and I saw these visions, and I just remembered why, I sh- why I'm here. Mm. And I was like, I have so much more life to live. And I decided to come back. Mm. Um yeah, it was pretty traumatic. I was I was also psychotic for a month afterwards. Full-on psychosis. Really? So disconnected from reality. So in my mind, absolutely fear, terrified of everything because I didn't mm. know what was real anymore. For some people, you could say that's awakening, but it was – I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to grasp it. My body wasn't in a good state with it. I came off of six months of overworking myself manically, um, the caffeine addiction, beating my body up, not – you know. Um, so it was a lot that conspired to that moment. So what mo- when was this? What time? End of 2019. Okay. And I, after that, I mean, get, I was in a suicidal depression too, three days after I, I had a suicide letter and a knife out because there were no feel good chemicals in my body. Yeah. They're all right. Gone. And yeah. And some stuff triggering happened and it just, I just cracked. And, um, I pulled myself out of it and for that experience by going to a graveyard hmm. and I walked around and I was like the coach in me knew what to do. <laughs> so I was like, you need it. You can't, you can't body yourself through this. You have to play mind games with the mind for a second. Mm-hmm. So I went to the graveyard and just walked around for about three hours, no music, nothing, just a piece of paper and a pen. And, um, bawled my eyes out, man. I connected with so many of the tombstones and the people. And I was like, all the things that I'm worried about don't, don't really matter. Mm-mm. And also connecting with some of their souls and just the lives they lived or the lives they wish they would have lived mm. and the regrets. And then in that moment, I'm getting chills thinking about it now that I remember this quote that I heard from somebody that said, breathe for those who can't. Oh, I love that. And I just started ball. <laughs> just getting tears in my eyes now. I just started bawling, dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I've won. I'm alive. Wow. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. And all, cause I was over stressing myself about the business. I was yeah. overworking workaholic. I'm like this. It's a fucking game that doesn't matter. We live in a society that runs on money. So it, it's sure we can play the game. But if you see, you know, I changed my mindset then into like, it's a game. It's not my life, but mm-hmm. I didn't have a life. I didn't know who Kevin was outside of work. Mm-hmm. I got so much fulfillment from my work, mm-hmm. but there was nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so that was also a wake up call for me. And I, that is what snapped me into that mindset of like, I, I want, I won. I'm here. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a game, something to play and enjoy and experience. Mm-hmm. And um, it took me a while to integrate it because I developed crazy IBS and gut problems. Um, was it from? That I think experience? it was from that, but also some hatred towards some people in my life and myself mm. um, emotionally, not processing things right. Mm-hmm. But uh, it took me about a year and a half to get out of that. Leads us to today. I'm on the tail end of it. Um, I finally have my mental cognition back. I would, I understand 
the connection now between mental health and gut health because I never would use the word depressed before, but I was in a depression because my gut stuff was so bad. And so it humbled me, slowed me down, taught me a lot about the body, taught me a lot about the nervous system, taught me a lot about building safety and what true sovereignty is. Yeah. Uh, and you could say it was an awakening process for me. Uh, I definitely woke up from a lot of the illusions that I was selling <laughs> myself on. Like you said, selling yourself. I did. I mm-hmm. sold myself on all those things. Dang, dude. Thanks for sharing all that. That, mm. um, like, I had no agenda, right, of, like, where we're going during this conversation. I just know, like, how you said <laughs> you just show up. This is the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know that's really cool for people to hear. And, like, for me, and I think you're the same, but I'd like to ask you to make sure. Have you been seeking more, like, male relations, like, close or more deep with men, deeper with men? Definitely. I mean, a lot of my life, even when I was, well, I guess when I was little, there was, it was me and the guys, my group of guy friends until that didn't, it wasn't suiting anymore. I kind of cut it myself. And then for my adult life, a lot of it was, I've been around a lot of women. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like in on the woman's circle type stuff because I I think I'm just a safe space and that's what's been reflected to me. But also, I mean, 95% of my clients are women. And when I was in group fitness, 95% of (laughs) people that show up to group fitness classes are women. And so, um, yeah, I I was, I mean, I've had the guys in my life, but I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a brotherhood, I guess you can say, like I do now. Mm -hmm. And I have some very solid uh, connections to the brotherhood now. And I'm expanding that tremendously being here in Austin, I think. Mm You know, my soul was seeking some grounding. Part of the reason I didn't have a solid community was because I was always traveling and always on the go. Mm -hmm. So it helps to be in one place. That's cool. So what has been the benefit for you of being around, not just being around more men, because I think Mm -hmm. that's easy to say, but allowing yourself to connect or connecting more intentionally and openly Instead of just like, we're a bunch of dudes hanging out. Mm. Well, you can't play ball with people who don't know how to play ball. And so I think it was a matter of finding the right people. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are in Austin or have visited the community here, the people in Austin is unlike anywhere else on the planet right now. I I genuinely feel that. Um, And not just the conscious community, but literally like all of Austin is a special place. (laughs) So, yeah, I think it was me setting the intention. And then you could say that, wow, Kevin, you're a powerful manifester. And or I just started swimming in the right pool. Yeah, I think that's swimming in the right pool. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that's an important piece. Yeah. And uh, so and then I wanted to bring it back with what you said of safety so within your body and then earlier you were mentioning about safety to expand Mm -hmm. and i think that's so key because of course like um and you'll know this because you've worked events for tony robbins Mm -hmm. but what are his because it's uncertainty certainty what are his other two or three the needs the six human needs yeah so certainty and uncertainty um man you're quizzing me (laughs) uh contribution love 
and significance and no significance, contribution, love and connection. Cool. Yeah. So good job. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad I passed that one. But with, so specifically uncertainty and uncertainty. So right. The needs are like mm-hmm. you, all of these in motion and balance, not just heavily relying on one or the other. Right. So it's, you know, right. Certainty and uncertainty, like we need both. So how can you have certainty and uncertainty or, and feeling safe while you're expanding into the unknown? It's all unknown. We just like to think that there's some things that are certain. True. So my certainty comes in on trust in myself and trust in God. That's it. Mm. Nothing, nothing is for certain. How do you feel certainty in your body? Or safe when I, in your when body? I, when I, okay, so that's a good journal prompt for everybody, actually. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm safe when. Yeah. I know I, I, I'm safe when I, the door is locked. I know I'm safe when mm. I got a fuzzy blanket on. I know mm. I'm safe when my I can breathe e- and it feels easier. Mm. I know I'm safe when my dog is next to me. Um, those are some little things that you can start to do. That. And we don't, f- we're very external focused. Mm-hmm. So shifting that focus internally to the sensations that are happening in your body, not the emotions, the sensations. Oh, my foot is tingling or I, my mm-hmm. feet are cold or my stomach feels this way or there's this tension in my neck or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Paying attention to those, the inner world and just what your body is sensing and notice those things and the more that you can that's building a true relationship with your body and when you're able to do that you're able that the sensations in your body happen first then there's emotions then there's thoughts Mm -hmm. if we're thinking microseconds yeah and so you're able to cut really to the core i mean it all matters it's all part of the whole but we were able to cut to the core of things and actually start to build felt sensed safety in the body and not just a heady mindset certainty mm-hmm. because I have job security or because this person said they were going to love me forever <laughs> or I got married mm. or none of that means anything really anything's uncertain and everything's uncertain. Mm-hmm. How does it, how does it feel in your body? That tells you everything. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know your body, it's hard to, to make those decisions. And that's a, that when you get connected to the body, you start tapping into your connection with God and you also start connecting to your intuition way more. And so you can tell what's a yes and what's a no based on what your body says. Mm-hmm. And the more you could say trauma work, but I hate to use that because it's buzzword. Yeah. But the more that you build that sense of safety, and process what's been unprocessed and other things, it becomes clearer what's your intuition and what's fear because your mm-hmm. body might still be holding some of those same fears thing. Your body's saying, no, 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 when really it is an appropriate yes. Mm-hmm. So it's discernment is really key there too. Yeah, that's cool. I love hearing you talk about that because that's so true because I've had moments over the past couple months, few months, mm-hmm. where my body has literally been shaking Mm-hmm. like and i'm like what in the world is going on because like it's never happened yeah but it's it's like it's it's like it is fear right it, to me i just view it's fear energy and just like mm-hmm. it's moving right and it's going through me yeah but it's it's new 
and knowing my body allows me to be like, yes, this feels like fear, but I'm really okay. You're able, that's like reparenting type stuff where you're coming at mm-hmm. it from your higher self. You're, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so important. Um, and that's the safe while you're expanding. Mm, you're, yes. you're rubbing your, Boom. you're rubbing your uncomfort and you can, and build safety in that moment. How can you, yeah, your body's shaking. You're, you're scared. How, what can you do to ground? What can you do to, to bring some sense of presence mm-hmm. and remind, and you know, experiences are what traumatize us, but they're also what heal us. Yes. So you, you need to have a new experience and that means jumping into what hurt you in the past with an opportunity for something new. And that's what I was referring to with risks before, mm-hmm. whether that's a relationship or a business deal or spending money on a coach, for mm-hmm. example, that was one for me. That's what I brought <laughs> up. whatever it is, you know, like, Oh, I've been hurt here in the past, but you know what? This feels different. Or, you know what? I want to heal this and I feel like I can do it with you. Mm-hmm. I'm scared, but let's do this. Yeah. That's cool to hear you talk about just because I relate to that a lot. <laughs> Cause yeah. Cause it's, yeah, we definitely have a lot of similarities, no shock. And I feel like that's for whatever reason I knew that this conversation was going to unleash or release <laughs> this and go here. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's just so cool to, to relate and just understand and even hear you talk about it of my own. This is safe while expanding because a lot of what you talked about earlier, I can relate to of being the performer, always trying to be like positive and not seeing everything because I was rewarded for it. And that's the, mm-hmm. I believed that's the only way I was lovable. Mm-hmm. So how did you, I mean, yeah, that man, that's crazy, right? Like it's crazy. I may, I want to make a brief mention of like, like I would advise people to do, you know, plant medicine with people who know what they're doing a hundred percent just to make kind of like, <laughs> like a, yep. like a, like a, a disclaimer out there. Right. Uh, not just from somebody who got a three day certification in Malibu, <laughs> like real yeah. shamans. Yeah. Who, who right. And this multi-generationally. Well, and that's the thing, right. Is yeah. Like, yeah. because it is popular, like they yeah. are, they are helpful tools that have been totally. used for generations on generations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, of course, in anything as it gets popular, right. it can be misused or mishandled yep. or used for unhelpful reasons. Mm-hmm. So how have you, um, going back to like the lovable piece, cause you know, I think before we probably in our first podcast and for you, you probably talked about a lot about like self love. Mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. so do you still talk about it or how has that word changed for you like the to... word has changed okay <laughs> <laughs> self-respect mm. it's different for me than self-love so what's different for me and this is just what worked for me mm-hmm. it was like self-love yeah of course i love myself self-respect it's kind of like well, what am i doing to respect myself mm. am, am i taking the appropriate options of respect and i don't know if that's just like a masculine thing but self-respect really landed different for me and mm-hmm. so i started um orienting my lifestyle and my life accordingly but it, it my message i think going meta self-love or just over focusing on self-love 
puts you into so into the work that you're not doing the work. Ooh. You're so in your head that you're not actually living your life because you're trying to have a morning routine and do the stuff and, and take the actions as somebody who loves themselves versus just love yourself and experience life. So part of the work is in not quote unquote doing the work. Cause that's also where the work is. If that makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. I, I, for me, it was like, I just manically went into the personal development industry mm-hmm. and cause I needed answers. I wanted answers. Mm-hmm. I was, I wanted to change my life and it was so helpful to be around those people and to learn the things and to read the books and mm-hmm. all the seminars that I did. Um, and I think I traumatized myself and I, I did lose myself mm-hmm. I found a different Kevin, but I didn't find myself. Mm-hmm. I went from the shy nerd kid who didn't talk to anybody to the group fitness instructor that was super motivational and confident that, and, and did all the things, but I was still, it was an identity shift that was still fabricated. Mm-hmm. It looked like progress, but if we're looking at this from a spiritual lens, I went from one side of conditioning to another condition. Mm-hmm. I was conditioned from my, my parents growing up. And then I was conditioned by all these personal development gurus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was still not free yes. to be heaven. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, I want you to keep going on that <laughs> because, that, because like you said, um, cause the audience can definitely relate to that for mm. sure. Cause it, these peeps just aren't like the regular, like <laughs> listen to things to feel motivated, right? Like yeah, yeah. this is like the deep work stuff. So how did you, or have you more become more yourself, become more Kevin remembered that and not let it just be an identity. You kind of already mentioned it with like nothing's mm-hmm. permanent. Yeah, the nothing's permanent also in terms of like identity and I don't do affirmations. I am whatever I am in this present moment. Mm -hmm. I'm allowed to be all of it, which for the ego and the mind is so hard to grasp Mm -hmm. because it wants certainty in who am I. But I had to lose that and say, and for a while go, I can be all of it. And that helps me as a person and as a coach and as a friend, like so much because I'm able to shape shift. If you want to call it that I Mm -hmm. can go to certain personalities in myself, um, given this, what's needed in this situation. But yeah, like I, I stopped doing all the personal development seminars. I stopped listening to the audios. I stopped (laughs) reading books. I stopped my morning routines. That was like my lifeline. I stopped everything that I thought that was progressing my life. You don't need to progress your life. You need to be in your life. Mm -hmm. There's so much that's like, let me get ahead. Let me evolve. Let me grow. Let me ascend. Well, all of that is trying to be somewhere else than right here. Boom. And, Right here is the only thing that's real. Ironically, when we are here, we progress and we evolve and we ascend and all the things. But trying to constantly get ahead or be somewhere else than right now is living in delusion. Because you're not present, then you can't respect or love or know yourself if you're not present. It's all concepts and mind stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How have you, have you introduced anything 
back into personal development because mm-hmm. not that because it's not that it's bad right or not that no, it's wrong it's no. it's how you interact with it what's your relationship with it what is you know all that yeah person. i mean i read books here and there and if i want to it's not like part yeah. of my morning routine every day five mm-hmm. pages like what do i want to do like my morning routine now is time for myself and some days i don't get it actually but like some days i wake up and i want to go straight to work or some days I wake up and I want to go straight to workout. Mm-hmm. Some days I wake up and I spend three hours meditating. Um, I just make sure that I have space for Kevin mm-hmm. because my tendency as somebody who used to be codependent is to overgive to everybody else mm-hmm. I show up for everything and everybody else. And that still shows up and I can still do that. I don't shame it. That's not bad. All sides of me are welcome. I just make sure that I also show up for Kevin. Mm-hmm. And so for me, doing that in the first thing in the morning is kind of like, not like a checkbox, but like, okay, I showed up for me first. So subconsciously what that's going to do is I'm going to check in with myself before I say yes to things a little bit more, you know? Um, and I don't know, it's just, for me, I really need space with Kevin, with myself and with God in stillness and quiet. So what is your relationship with God? How has that evolved yeah, it's been uh, progressed. I grew up, I grew up <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the evangelical Christian church. Even when I was going through it all, I never really believed it. I didn't take it on. I was curious. I read the Bible because it was needed for Bible class, mm-hmm. and I you know knew the things. They did a good job of debating. We were constantly debating like both sides or atheists' view on this, and so it was almost like they were trying not trying to just say this is true, believe it. It was like be a free thinker is how mm-hmm. I took that. And when I left school, went straight into the personal development industry, found all these things. And then after that kind of dove into the spiritual community and learned Reiki and pranic healing. And mm-hmm. that opened up my eyes and really started learning um, other cultures and other religions and then traveling the world and being nomadic. So for a long time, I didn't really have a relationship with God and then, or with the universe, you could say, I guess. And then, my 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 views on it all shifted when I started being cultured, looking at the world, getting out and about, literally traveling. And so for me now, you know, God is the universe. It's no different. I use the words interchangeably. It's um, there's a lot that the word though has a lot of weeds in it from mm-hmm. conditioning. So yep. other people may when I say it may get triggered or whatever, but. Because it's their relationship. Exactly. For me, it's the higher power that's undeniable. And it's the frequency of love and unconditional love. That it's the frequency that's created. It's it's everything, really. Um, And for me, recently in my life, I've just rebuilt that connection and I'm starting to pray again and talk with God and... Um, because it's different and it's not this guy in the sky that I'm talking to. It's words, the power of words, um, just going out into the universe and praying to the higher power, um, I think is needed and important for everybody to have just something that you believe in. Cause I was atheistic for a while and just mm. like, we're just matter moving matter and none of this matters. <laughs> <laughs> and like when I was psychotic, I kind of got there and it got mm. super scientific and all cut all the woo woo shit. Mm-hmm. 
and saw through that lens for a few months and life was depressing, you know? Hmm. So it's kind of like, Oh, what do you want your experience of life to be? Do you want to be depressed and like, and all of that? Um, or do you want to have faith and believe in some, some something bigger than yourself and mm-hmm. to be a conduit for love on, you could say the third dimension or on the planet. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've noticed the miracles that have happened in my life after praying and Ooh. it's just undeniable. So there's like, okay, there's something here and there all these religions and all these uh, gods and deities and all the things are, are, I feel trying to make sense of what that is. I just call it God. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And to me, yeah, it's, it's not separate. I like we're exactly like we're just matter. Like, yes, we are what we have labeled as matter, mm-hmm. but it's also, it's like, we have no idea. And you know, like we don't. Yeah. And like for me, when I was just going into that, like super scientific thing, mm-hmm. um, I got super connected with my body. And so I started viewing it all as like, okay, people that are having these crazy mystical experiences and think they're talking to God, is this just some chemical going off in their yeah. brain and they're having, cause I had to rationalize and reason what I experienced mm-hmm. in my near death. And yeah, sure. Like blasted off to this other place yet. I was still here. And so what was going on chemically in my brain to, do that. So I, I was just looking at it strictly through a scientific lens and I still do from time to time. I think it's important to take in all perspectives mm-hmm. to have a more holistic viewpoint on things. But this having a soul is definitely undeniable as well. Yeah. Well, what's cool, right? Is today's like, how, how could it not be both? Like, exactly. It's like you did have a chemical reaction <laughs> inside your brain. Yeah. And it's like, why is that to say that that's not as also a spiritual experience? Right. Like, right. and that's just how I view it. It's yeah. like they're one and the same. We just are describing it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. I just don't, I, in my present time, I'm not like mm-hmm. over-focusing on that. Yep. Because it puts you in your head. Yep. I'm just living my <laughs> life and, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I'm enjoying not knowing mm. versus trying to figure it out. I'm enjoying the innocence of it all is there is there anything that you still get in your head about totally yeah (laughs) like i mean totally get in my head um am i doing like am i doing this right is this weed that Mm. i'm pulling out right now um taking things personal is something a pattern that i've realized recently i'm like wow kev what the (laughs) all right radical ownership man but come on you know um yeah i would say too i mean i'm a pisces double virgo so i am very heady logical in my mind and so i channel different than people that you could say are more in their heart Mm. so i've been judged by a few people for being super heady, yet you're calling yourself the heart guy. Huh. And I'm like, oh, it all fucking matters. <laughs> you know, like, it, yes, but I mm-hmm. I channel God how Kevin channels love. Yeah. It's different for other people. 
doesn't have to be the same. Yeah, like because what you just described of like your astrology, like literally, like we are all different. Yeah. Like on purpose. Yeah. Right, as we bring different things, and we like, I know, like literally experience things differently. Yep. And we articulate differently. We mm-hmm. create differently. We live differently. We love differently. And that's it gets to be okay. Mm-hmm. It gets to be the normal because it is what is. But the safety of mm-hmm. everybody needs to be like me so that I can understand and know what to expect yeah. so that I don't get hurt again. Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how... So speaking for, because men mm. typically are more logical or heady right? Um, as a generalization, but that tends to be true from my experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how have you, in your own way, st- right? Because again, like even these podcasts, everything you listen to, we could, you could take it. It's like, I'm going to do it like Kevin. <laughs> It's like, no, it's like, take as inspiration that Kevin is doing Kevin's way and now do your way. Mm -hmm. So how have you been able to tap into your heart as a man who's more heady? To connect to my senses, to get into my body, to be aware of what the sensations are inside of my body. Number one. And then Vipassana meditations and self-awareness. Being Mm -hmm. aware of what you're aware of. Think about what you're thinking about (laughs) and question it all and get Mm -hmm. curious that is what was kind of like the lifeline for me to kind of get out of my head and to get out of those conditionings and to really discover who Kevin is. And I would also say trying new things, but with a sense of play, not overly, Oh, try new things. Okay, cool. Let me do all this crazy stuff. And the, cause the, the crazier it is and the more adrenaline that's released, You're, it means you're really trying to cover up some something that's a big underlying emotion. It's a bigger mm-hmm. distraction if there's b- bigger adrenaline. And so sit in doing nothing mm. in stillness. And you don't have to go to a retreat to do it. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. what? Maybe for a day, don't do all the things you normally do. And see how you feel. See, be aware of what thoughts come up. Are you judging yourself? Are you questioning things? Sit with it. And when you sit in stillness, I know for a lot of people, I know for me, the first time I did, it was like, are you, am I doing this right? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that question was running my life. I was able to sit and listen and actually hear it. So, yeah. Mm. So what does that reveal for you, right? Of like the question of am I doing things right, which essentially means you don't want to do things wrong. Right. So what is that? What did that or what does that reveal for you? As far as it the was, identity. It was like, oh, I'm going to, it was like, I'm going to get punished if I get it wrong. It was mm-hmm. just conditioning. And, and then I was like, well, what is right and what is wrong? We could say morals and values, but this is my life. I, want, I get to create it however I want to, I get to play however I want to play. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult now. And so, you know, have, having your golden rules and obviously your morals and values in check, not hurting anybody, <laughs> right? But um, I get to, I, it, it gave me freedom mm. because the, before it was being caged. Mm-hmm. 
So one of my last questions, maybe the last question, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Cause I'm now Kevin is what would you do if fear didn't exist? So I kind of mentioned that before and I don't think of any, I'd ask that. Would it, is it repeat it? So in your current life, this is kind of relating of like maybe where fear still lives. Okay. So what would you do if fear did not exist or who would you be? What would you say? It's a big question because fear is always present to some extent. Mm -hmm. You know, our limits and our fears kind of define us as humans. So if there was no fear, I'd be psychotic again. Mm. And I wouldn't understand boundaries. <laughs> and I wouldn't understand morals and what's right and what's wrong. And you'd end up like the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Literally. So that's my answer to that question. I mean, I'm not uh. saying I would do it, but uh, yeah, I think having fear is, in, when it's appropriate, is healthy. Having a healthy relationship with fear is healthy trying to be fearless is very destructive because that's a disconnection from what's real. And this is all speaking to, as I'm hearing some people right now listening, a certain level, if you want to call it that, of consciousness. When you get to a certain place, higher up, it's like, it's all love, mm -hmm. which is also a truth. Mm -hmm. If we Again, want to label things. That's fifth dimensional. We also yeah. do live in the third dimension. We're here. We're human. And fear exists here. Yes. Yeah. And that's just the truth of it. And maybe one day that changes. But if we look at all living things on earth, I think um, they, especially animals, because we can see their emotions, mm -hmm. experience fear and sadness. It's a part of the human experience. So I would say... Like why, why try to run from a part of the experience that's a, why your soul decided to come here and, or why try to shame part of it? Cause I'm grateful for all of my life. I don't have any regrets. That's so cool, dude. I think that's such a fun original answer. And my just little branch from that would just yeah. say is that it's almost like to me, I believe in like following it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, well, what if I do, if I wouldn't exist, Yes, that's very beneficial for a lot of people, but also like what you said is like, well, essentially you'd be all love, right? <laughs> right. It'd be free, but it's also in this 3d life and human experience. That's almost like the compass of like, for me, that's how I become more me. Yeah. This is shed another thing, shed another thing. And it's also not over identifying with that. And it's being okay being just now and not having to chase that or all the things you're connected to reality. Mm -hmm. because what, what quote is this that the gods fear us because mm. we're mortal mm -hmm. and so we care so much because this is all going to end yes it has such a different level of importance and urgency so going back on the impermanence thing i was talking about earlier like that having that it, we we care we are scared to lose things we're scared to uh, you know make the wrong decisions and all of this be, because we don't want to get hurt, but more, I think specifically we care so much and put so much energetic charge on things because this is all permanent mm -hmm. and we don't want to mess it up. And we only live once, whether you won't believe in reincarnation, <laughs> this identity lives once <laughs> yeah. and like 
that gets to be beautiful and it gets to be an opportunity, not a problem. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel that. I, I would just say to like people listening, dropping the shame around fear. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being scared. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being terrified to do something that you did before and it hurt you. That makes complete that, sense. Yes. It's, it's intelligent. You're doing everything right. Your body works properly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now we just want to look at it and go, is this appropriate? Do, is, can I build some safety in this expansion so that I can't expand my beingness? Boom. Dude, I love that. And it's just to build on that. Yeah. It's like, even for me of the whole impermanence thing, even like within love mm. is you've mentioned it a couple of times, but of like, and you just mentioned it again, right? Of like, our body is intelligent. It doesn't want to get hurt again. So it has resistance to doing the thing. Mm-hmm. But me even having something similar to you of like these relationships, this, whatever this is, is not forever. Mm-hmm. And it's actually taken some of that, a lot of the fear away from me mm-hmm. and like really brought me to the present moment and to like truly cherish it. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not in the past hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, Peter Crone? Mm-mm. He says one of his cool quotes is past past pain informs future fear. Yeah. So I'm not living in the past and it's I'm true. also not like projecting something in the future that hasn't happened because mm. it's literally not a reality. So I ought to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's you talk about um, insane or psychotic. Yeah. That's even like a small level of it. If you break it down that way of like, I'm actually afraid of something that hasn't even happened, Yeah, which is the function of fear and we can get deep into that because it's trying to predict and protect us. Yeah. But anyway, it's actually kind of funny when you think about it, like I'm afraid of something that's not even real, uh-huh. but at the same time, it's very real. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, yeah. 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 So on that note, Kevin, what else is on your heart? And we'll close with this. Be here, get present. No. Overthinking is a trauma response. Build mm. safety in your body. Get to know and understand the sensations that are happening. It takes time to build a relationship, just like it takes time to build this connection with your body. It's not a breakthrough moment that's going to change your life like this, especially from these perspectives. So, you know, give yourself that grace. Come from grace, not shame. Boom, dude. Well, Kevin, brother, thank you. I mean, even though the last podcast was good and perfect in its time, mm-hmm. I really cherish <laughs> and and love all the the now and now and now moments yeah. that we've had. So thank you for sharing the, yeah, like your more self and being so open. Thank you for having me. And then, of course, we got to do all the podcast pluggy things. So tell everyone where, where they can genuinely connect with pluggy you. Pluggy thing, heartguy.com. <laughs> The Heart Guy on Instagram, Heart Gang in the App Store. And if you want to challenge dark72.com, which we didn't even talk about, but that's like my free three-day, essentially, retreat to reset your life. We'll talk about that real quick. Simply put. uh, It's a dopamine fast, a water fast, and a shadow work journey. Boom. Dark72.com. Yep. That's dope. That sounds rad. All right, Kevin. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. You know what to do. You know what all the podcasts and people tell you. You know, subscribe, follow, leave a review. But leave a review because you feel inspired to. Not because I tell you, 
but because you feel called to see this boosted in the algorithm and you feel connected with it and you know that reciprocating the energy or the information, love, inspiration that you've received can do the same for somebody else. So I appreciate it in advance. Thank you. And until next time, my friends, see you soon.